Welcome, everybody. It's so nice to see you all, and it, it, it still feels like Sangha. Um, you know, we can meditate with apps and listen to uh, Dharma teachers, and there's still nothing like family. There's still nothing like uh, knowing one another and uh, being together and sitting together, even if it's at a long distance. Uh, thank you very much for all of the suggestions that you made for Dharma Talks, topics that you were interested in. And I took those quite seriously. However, I was uncertain as to which to start with. And so I just decided to start with uncertainty. We hear a lot these days about living in uncertain times. We are living in uncertain times. And uh, being from the Bronx, we had an expression which occurred to me uh, in hearing this sentence. And that expression from the Bronx was, so what else is new? And I, sus I suspect that really means, tell me something I don't already know. We are living in uncertain times. Of course we're living in uncertain times. As Buddhists, in Buddhist practice, the very notion of impermanence is about uncertainty. Everything is always changing. Everything. And so, perhaps the only really certain thing is uncertainty. And yet, though we know this, we are still quite uncomfortable with uncertainty. We hear almost on a regular basis people asking, when will we reach the peak? When can we go back to work? When will we get a vaccine? When will the economy recover? When can I go back to my home country? <laughs> when can I get a haircut? Really need one. When? We're kind of like children who sit in the car on a trip and say, when are we gonna get there? When are we gonna get there? Somehow we are uncomfortable and intolerant of a response which says, I don't know. When? When? 
What? What's going to happen? I don't know. Well, no, that's... No, I'm going to keep asking. Because I must know. I have to know. And why is it that we have to know? And of course, knowing is about being in control. We love to dwell in our, in our certainties. That's where we like to dwell because we feel comfortable. We feel in control. We feel that's easy if we know, if we know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And we have expressions like, I'm on top of this. I've, I've got this. Don't worry about it. I'm, 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 I'm on top. I'm on top of it. And of course, that is this constructed self that really needs to be in control, needs to be on top of it. And the more we get on top of it and have all our ducks in a row and know exactly what's going to happen, all our expectations, all our plans, when inevitably there is change, uncertainty, and impermanence, we go into a state of shock. Sometimes paralyzing shock. Oh my God, how could this have happened? How could this have happened to me? How, how you hear of, a, of an un, a, a death of someone who was in perfectly good health. And oh, oh my God, what if as Buddhist practitioners, we sort of silently were able to say to ourselves, I expected that. In other words, I expected to be surprised. Again, intellectually, we can understand that things are constantly changing. What do they say? If, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. We know this. We know things change, and yet we forget conveniently forget that life is continually full of surprises, unexpected th things, pl things that completely destroy our, our so-called plans. We know this, but we drift into forgetfulness. And we begin to think that our plans, our expectations, the things, I sometimes call them our twin towers, <laughs> these impregnable things that absolutely are going to happen because we've 
chosen them, we've planned on them, we've invested in them, and that's the way it's going to turn out. We know all this. We know that's probably not going to be true. Experience tells us this. And yet we move into a kind of trance. A trance of expecting permanence and holding on, holding on, holding that grip. Yes, it's got to be this way. And it's not fair if it's not this way. Because I cannot accept what is. It's got to be my way or the highway. And so we suffer out of this shock that things are not turning out the way we expected or the way we planned. Someone uh, said to me the other day that um, we, are, we are in a surreal situation. Life right now is surreal. And I thought, no, this is, this is the real situation. The way we live in our ordinary delusions, that's the surreal. That's our fantasy. This is what life is. It's, it's full of the unexpected. And so as, as Buddhist practitioners, we are realists. We are realists. When we make an appointment, let me say, we pencil it in. <laughs> I'll pencil you in because, you know, I might have to erase it. So everything that we do, use a pencil. Don't use an, an indelible pen. When we take a position, I believe this. This is my understanding. I like to use the word provisional. <laughs> so this is, this is what I believe. This is what I understand to be true. But I could be wrong. It's, everything I'm saying is provisional because life might be bringing me something that will change my view. You know, we say in our Loving Kindness Sutra, not holding to fixed views. Not holding to fixed views. So we don't suffer when we have to say I was wrong or I apologize. Or now I understand where you're coming from. And so also when we make a promise or take a vow, sometimes we say, I will do this, God willing. <laughs> Which is really to say, 
from a Buddhist perspective. If all the stars align and conditions are right, then okay, it might happen. So it's a way of acknowledging that we're not in control. There is very, very little, almost nothing, that we are in control of. So God willing, you know, it's like, okay, I leave it up to causes and conditions. I leave it up, I'm not going to say the fates, because we don't, in Buddhist, Buddhist practice, we don't believe in faith, fate. But if causes and conditions are congenial, this will happen. So we rarely get shocked. We may be surprised. And it's wonderful to be surprised. But the, and you might say, antithesis to the shock of uncertainty is the surprise of uncertainty. It's like, it's like feeling during uh, your birthday or Christmas or some holiday when you don't know what present you're going to get. You know, there's a kind of excitement. Wow, I, I wonder what's next. It's, you know, this Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole of the unknown and being, wow, I wonder what new surprise, what new adventure, what new door is going to open. That's the, that's the plus side of uncertainty. It brings life to our experience. It wakes us up. It, it, it enlivens us. And so instead of fear, anxiety, and shock at uncertainty, we're excited to be surprised. And this is where our spiritual journey takes place, in this in-between place of I don't know. It's, um, we could say it's a very uncomfortable place to be uncertain and to not know what's going to happen. But only if your ego is driving you, because the ego wants to be on top of things. But if your Buddha nature, if your true nature of spaciousness and openness is what's driving you, then you celebrate uncertainty. You celebrate all these moments of surprise, even if they tend to be unpleasant, or even sad, or despairing. It is what is, and we can be with it. So when I was um, graduating 
from college. Education was a really important uh, element in, in my family. None of, not a single member of my extended family graduated from high school. So the fact that I went to college and graduated from college was a very, very big deal. And my father and mother, who were um, very, you know, ordinary people, um, not educated, um, uh, very sort of streetwise, uh, attended my graduation. And I, I was fairly smart, I guess, and I made the dean's list. And during the graduation ceremony, the master of ceremonies read off the names of the students who had made the dean's list and were graduating with honors. And the uh, announcer asked that the audience refrain from clapping until all the names were read. And so the announcer began reading the names of the people who made the dean's list. And when they got to my name, my father started clapping very loudly. Yes! And I, oh my God, what a, I was just, mortified, totally unexpected from my father. And I just wanted a trap door to open and I would fall through it. Um, but after that, every parent started clapping for their children who made the Dean's List. And so it became a surprise that was joyful, and everybody was laughing. I, I wasn't quite laughing. I, I was still trying to recover from, <laughs> from, from having my father, who was typically acted in surprising ways that didn't always sit well with me. But uh, in this particular case, it was a surprise that evolved into a joyful situation. I'm also remembering uh, a film that I saw. Um, many of you may have seen it. It's called The Big Lebowski. Have you seen it? Is that the name of it? The, the Big Lebowski? Or is it? Yes? And at the end of the, at the end of this film, uh, they take the ashes of one of their friends who has died. I, I definitely recommend this film to Zen practitioners. And they bring in the, the ashes are to be uh, uh, scattered at uh, off the top of this mountain, and very serious. Um, moment when the friends all gathered and they're going to put the, you know, uh, spill the ashes over the mountain. And just as they do so, you remember, 
those of you who've seen it, a big wind comes along and blows the ashes right back into their faces. <laughs> it's a very serious moment, but a kind of complete surprise. <laughs> and there it is. You know, this is life. This is, this is enlightenment. This is lightness. Um, this is, an, in a way, a joyful moment, even though it was an unexpected moment. So today I want to encourage us all to celebrate uncertainty and know that our practice Our practice doesn't destroy uncertainty or make it any less uncertain, but enables us to be present in a way that helps us deal with uncertainty, not as a shock, but as a, a welcome surprise, as a surprise that is joyful. So the future, we know, always arrives as the present moment. And because we practice being present, all the uncertainty that lies in the future will arrive as the present. And so if we practice being present, we will know how to meet uncertainty, how to meet the future. One more very famous story, the strawberry story in Zen, a classic story of a man who is wandering through a field and is being chased by a tiger. And he races away from the tiger to the edge of a cliff and looks over the cliff and sees another tiger ready to eat him if he falls. So there's one tiger tra chasing him about to eat him, and another tiger at the bottom of the cliff, ready to catch him. And he grabs hold of a vine and is dangling from the vine between these two tigers, completely unknown as to what's going to happen. And he notices a black mouse and a white mouse beginning to chomp away at the vine that he's holding. And so from all sides, he is being threatened. His existence is being threatened. And just as that vine is about to break, he notices a wild strawberry and picks the strawberry and places it in his mouth and enjoys the sweet taste of that strawberry. So I leave you wondering 
What does that mean? In the face of uncertainty, to reach out for a strawberry and taste it. Thank you. So this is an opportunity now for...